I know an incredible amount of work goes into each Sunday's worship service. So although what I'm going to say next sounds disrespectful and flippant, I don't mean it that way. With young kids squirming beside me at best, or at worst actively trying to torment each other, the Sunday worship service barely registers with me. Once a month I get a break from the pew warfare by making coffee, but that means I'm not even in the same room with the service. I look around at other pews and see older kids singing and listening, so I know our family will get there eventually, but the reality is that right now, the worship service for me is like a losing game of (laughs) whack-a-mole. So the only way I can really connect with anyone here is through all the other pieces of church. If I didn't teach the junior youth, my impression of them would be that they make their coffee mugs too full and then, of course, spill them each week. But teaching them gives me a chance to hear and wrestle with tough questions. Is there a hell? Why would a loving God be involved with so much war in the Old Testament? What would the Lord's Prayer look like literally here in our city if we could help make it come true today? These are some of the questions bouncing around the junior youth room lately. The energy and humor of these young people is refreshing, and their passion and thoughtfulness inspiring. This year, my mom and I are organizing the women's retreat. I'm not employed full-time right now, so I freely acknowledge that I have more disposable time than working parents. But why do I choose to spend it on something like this? I vividly remember the first women's retreat I went to years after I started attending here. Somehow Marlisa convinced me to come and bring a newborn Eliana along. <laughs> she didn't sleep that much. She didn't sleep that much that night, which meant neither did I. And so the relief I felt when she was passed around the circle and other women held her was so deep. Esther Crable even did Reiki on her and got her to take a long nap. During the social time that weekend and during meal deliveries in the early weeks, people were honest with me about their challenges with young kids. I was so sleep-deprived and ready to scream when anybody said to me, Oh, don't you just love being a mom? (laughs) But Margaret and Becky Knoll and others honest sharing with me made me feel okay, that I was not a failed parent for feeling less than loving in many moments. At women's retreats since then, although they're not holding my children, I feel like women are also helping me hold other burdens and questions about marriage, about career, about faith. Through sharing stories and experiences, I learn that I'm not alone, that seasons do change, and that there are people here willing to walk with you through them. There's little chance of having those deeper and more raw discussions with people and passing on a Sunday morning. If I didn't have opportunities to learn to know people better at events like the women's retreat, I'd look around on a Sunday morning at all you well-groomed, quietly reflecting people and think I was the only one who hadn't combed my hair that morning or was struggling to hold things together. Another reason why I participate beyond the worship service is that my experience here has been that if you have an idea or want to change something at this church, you can. A good friend in Goshen attends a church where they have intergenerational activities all summer, and she was telling me how much her kids loved it. I wondered if we could try something like that here. So I talked to Phyllis, and she encouraged me to organize something through Nurture Commission. And we gave it a try for the past two summers, thanks to a lot of you who were willing to lead activities and the rest of you who were willing to try something new. Another thing we talked about at those meetings was how to develop more chances for connections between people, something I certainly was craving. I feel like the traditional small groups that last for years are too hard for our family to commit to right now. And out of discussion, and with the help and vision of a lot of others, came the idea for our fellowship groups this year. So see what I mean? If you have an idea at this church, people can help make it happen. I've talked about this before up here, but working with a team who welcomed the Almahasnas was pivotal in my church experience here. Since Sunday school is age-based, it can be hard to get to know people of other ages on a Sunday morning. Parents with young kids often commiserate at the back or in the nursery, but it's nearly impossible to have conversation with people during coffee time with young kids in tow. But when we're cleaning cupboards and moving furniture together, we talk, we laugh, and new friendships are born. 
Not only did we have the privilege of getting to know the Almahasnas, an incredibly loving and resilient family from Syria, but through them, we also met people from around the world who now call this city home, too. And on top of that, we learned to know each other better. I learned that Harley makes the most refreshing orange mint tea, that Lois worked for a Nobel Prize-winning professor, that Kate Cooker can make any event run smoothly and look beautiful, that little Samantha Eulis can connect with people without language, just through her warm smile and open arms. That experience of working together on something we all really cared about has been one of my best experiences of church. If I wasn't involved in other activities beyond the Sunday morning service, I definitely would not feel very connected. In fact, for many years before I became a member, I would just come for services, sit in the back, and leave immediately afterward. But because of the ties connected through teaching, going to retreats, working with a team who welcomed the Almahasnas, and even nurture commission meetings, I feel like I'm part of a community that I really care about and who cares about me. It makes the hassles of a Sunday morning with young kids worth it. Laura is a tough act to follow. <laughs> uh, when I got this, um, this question asked, you know, why, why I participate in the church mission beyond just coming to Sunday worship, I found it very difficult to, to narrow that down uh, and, and to figure out when it started or why it happens. The first thought I had about it was, well, I serve at, in the church and beyond, because I am asked to do so, or request people request it, but I realized then that that's not enough uh, to give you. Uh, so I thought I'd try to fill in some of the gaps, some of the things that you might not know. And uh, I started with thinking that you should know about, uh, I will blame this or, 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 or give credit to when I was a teen and, and the church I was at. Uh, and... Um, I think that God, you know, at that time decided he's going to mess with me. And, and uh, he got together and conspired with several people around the same time uh, to get me involved in church in a different way. Um, you didn't know God was a conspirator, but he is. He, he, he conspired with uh, the pastor at my church, Glad Tidings Church. And he had conspired with the youth group that we had at church, a gospel team. To, to get me involved in different ways. And he also conspired to, to, to one of my schoolmates that I didn't really know well. And I'll tell you how, some of the, how he did some of that. Uh, with, with the pastor, God conspired to get me involved in, in things that I would never think to do in that. I was invited to serve on the church board when I was about 14. Uh, to represent the the youth group. And um, I remember, you know, since Todd said maybe a good story might, you know, a story might be good, I remember that uh, my first meetings with the church board, I sat there and just listened. And, and while I was sitting there, I was thinking about what they were talking about. And, and I had ideas, but I wouldn't share them because... After all, I was just a kid, and, and we had um, a bunch of adults around the table. And I don't know if what I had to say was important. But, but that, that um, experience actually taught me a lot. Uh, 
And, and, and it helped me to find a voice that I didn't have before. You see, I was a very shy uh, young man. Um, I had trouble initiating things. Uh, and uh, so sitting in the church board with a bunch of adults didn't seem like the right thing for me to start speaking up until I started to realize that often the things that I thought about soon after we started into a discussion, it took the church board people about another 45 minutes to an hour to get there. (laughs) But I listened. I listened for a while. And uh, then I realized, you know, if if I don't want to spend that much time at a meeting, I better speak up earlier. (laughs) My voice started to, to come through. And I started to, to speak and to share and to participate in a new way. Um, I mentioned the, the youth group that I was part of and the gospel team. What you don't know, I always loved singing. When I used to come home from school, I would put on my record player and sing along with my favorite uh, artist, with Bobby Vinton, uh, you know, Humperdinck, uh, and all these guys. I loved it. But then when we started a gospel team at church uh, and we started practicing, uh, some of them looked at me and said, ooh, you sing flat. So the, the bottom line is the team didn't allow me to sing with them, but they did something else. You can't sing with us, but you can be our speaker. Imagine a shy kid wanting to be a speaker. One of the other things about me that you need to know is that uh, maybe sometimes I get, I'm stubborn, or maybe I just persevere, uh, maybe I am just committed to something and finish it. So I agree to be the speaker for our gospel team. Later on, somehow, I was asked to be the associate, an associate pastor at, at our church, so I has, got a chance to speak a lot more, maybe because of my speaking with the gospel team, or maybe it was some other reason, I don't know. But, um, and then I mentioned the, 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 the classmate. Well, one assembly in my junior year, somebody that we were uh, assigning uh, or, or nominating people for the student council and somebody that I barely knew nominated me to become the vice president of the student council. Uh, and um, somehow I got voted in. And then the next year with the student council, the, um, the fellow who was going to be president got sick and he didn't come in, so I ended up being the leader of the student council. I think God, you know, decided to get me out of my comfort zone because all those things put me in a position that I needed to talk <laughs> in front of groups and um, to find my voice. I have served the church in many different ways. I've been in many committees, boards, uh, Mennonite Board of Education. Uh, the first time I met, um, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Ernie Hess, was, was back in, 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 in the early 70s, probably maybe in the late 60s, when he asked me to participate in, in a committee that he was putting together to talk about racism a long time ago. Uh, and 
so one thing led to another, and um, so here I am. Uh, I've been serving the Lord and, and the church in many different ways uh, over the years. Um, there, you know, when, when, when I got asked to do this, they gave us, you know, these verses from Romans, but, but don't, 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 you know, extrapolate. Don't, don't preach about them and, and things like that. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna read some of the verses that spoke to me as I was thinking about this morning. One is, but be transformed by renewing your minds. I think being called to do different things helped to transform my mind and helped me to become someone else that, rather than who I was earlier than that. Um, think sober with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Well, you know, even before I came to the Mennonite church, I, I think I might have been... <clears throat> a little bit of an evangelist, I don't know, because I used to go to the Catholic Church. I was the only one in my family that went to the Catholic Church, and I would drag a friend of mine from school along with me. So I, I was already serving the church in some way. Um, one of the other verses that's important to me, if, if you know me well at all, you know the First Corinthians 13 is one of my favorite passages. And uh, some of the, you know, it starts with, with, with uh, information that's saying, if you have gifts, and it lists various gifts, and you do them without love, then you're just making noise. Okay, that's a, a quick summary. So I, I think part of, I know, part of the reason I say yes most of the time, and I know I don't say yes all the time, for those of you who have asked me for different things here. I, I recognize that. But the reason I say yes is because I love the church. And yes, I am committed to it. And I'm committed to seeing the church or the congregation that I happen to be with at any given time to continue to grow and to learn to be a community together. So that's why I do it. And um, I'm going to read the last part and end with reading uh, the last section of, of, of Romans 12 um, because I never sought, I have never sought out to serve, but I've been called at different times, at different ways, uh, and, and I think that this passage here says some of that. It's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. So I think God conspired and brought me along and prepared me for serving the church in different ways. When Todd first asked me to talk about why I teach Sunday school, I wanted to say no, because I didn't know why. I thought maybe I inherited it. Mom has taught for decades, and she even taught the K-2 through class that I'm teaching now. I didn't answer Todd very quickly, because as I was thinking about it, I was looking for an excuse to say no. But I didn't really have a reason to say no, so here I am. And as unexciting as that sounds, I think that's why I teach Sunday school. 
because somebody has to, and I didn't have a reason to say no. Don't get me wrong, I like doing it, most of the time. Most of the time, I find time to sit down with the lesson and prepare. I have ideas to fill the time with stories and crafts and games. Most of the time, I don't mind getting out of bed and getting here early to make sure my room is set up. Most of the time, the kids are fun and following instructions. Most of the time. Although sometimes we get really distracted, I'm going to blame Beth Yoder for this one. The kids really like to talk about naked birds. I first heard this after they made bird feeders in children's church, so I'm putting that on Beth. But that was months ago, and they haven't forgotten, and it still gets them excited. What do I want church to be like? A nine-to-five with paid staff behind the counter, talking in a customer service voice and making sure everything is smooth. A sitcom 50s family with a smiling mother, serving everyone and secretly resenting the confining role she's been forced into. A courtroom with judge and jury, interpreting laws and passing judgments. An audience watching a band perform their hits. None of that would keep me coming back. But a community of equals, working together, caring deeply, a place of healthy back and forth and give and take does. And if I want to be part of a community, I have to participate. I've said no to involvements that I didn't connect with or that I couldn't fit into my schedule, but I didn't have a reason to say no to teaching. A community of give and take is worth a lot, especially in an individualistic society built on greedy consumption. But that means I have to give. There are lots of ways to participate in the community. I could arrange flowers or lead songs or unlock the church or count offering or make coffee and on and on and on. The community is very complex and needs lots of inputs. I had a lot to choose from, and I chose the kids. Because kids are fun. They're far easier than adults, no offense. I've never had an adult cheer because I brought popcorn. or debate the pros and cons of cheese goldfish versus pizza goldfish. They're curious and excited. I suspect most of you only see the kids thundering through as a pack after church. But did you know that Eli will tell you all about the plants and animals on their farm? Ethan will talk nonstop about pirates and knows more about them than I ever did. Naomi loves twirly dresses. Zochi is a very careful artist. Luke loves anything having to do with outer space and can even draw some constellations. Eliana will try anything once. Noah is always asking to draw on plain white paper. Jacob gets completely absorbed into his projects. And I teach them because I have no reason not to. <laughs> 